Welcome to the Tiger Interview Series. Hi, everybody. In this episode, I have Tom Davis and Tim Jones. We had them on a previous Tiger Interview Series where we spoke about coaching philosophy, game strategy, and communication. In this episode, however, we continue the conversation with recruiting. Tom has an experienced background as a college coach, high school coach, and recruiter. No stone is left unturned in this conversation. We talk about preliminary steps, your recruiting, and the soft skills you will need as you start your journey this upcoming season. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Tiger Interview Series. Um, this is a second edition for Tom and Tim, and we ended off our conversation where we didn't talk about recruiting, which is one of the things that I wanted to get to, but we are getting into that 60 to 90 minute mark, and um, I wanted to separate this conversation because it's a topic all by itself. So before we jump into recruiting, and I know that's a very general topic, so we will get specific on um, certain ideas and really really capitalize on the conversation with the expert advice with their backgrounds. So before we jump in, Tom, give us a brief intro, um, and then we're going to go to Tim after that. My, my name's Tom Davis. Um, as I said before, I'm the 18U uh, Elite Showcase uh, head coach for the Rawlings Tigers Pittsburgh. Um, my main job, and, and I mean full-time, is... Uh, I'm the director of recruiting for a company called Student Athlete World, uh, which um, we do, we, we handle recruiting, uh, boys and girls in all sports, and I've been doing this uh, for eight years, but, um, you know, through college coaching, I've been, I've coached college baseball, college softball, and coached, you uh, you know, different sports, baseball, softball, football in the Pittsburgh area. So sending them and actually recruiting and bringing that knowledge into a student athlete world keeps me busy. Um, I've been the last four years recognized as the national recruiter of the year. Uh, we do a, a great job and love to talk re recruiting all the time. So I, I thought... I get out of baseball and we'll go recruiting today. So you've seen um, all areas of recruiting from the high school route where you have been a high school coach to the college route where you were a college coach. What what colleges were you uh, a coach of? I uh, was uh, the pitching coach and assistant coach at the University of Charleston in West Virginia. And I was also the head softball coach at Chatham University in Pittsburgh. Tim, you go ahead and uh, give your brief intro. I know that everyone knows who you are already. Um, this is your, this is not your uh, first rodeo. So, I appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the previous videos, I'm my name is Tim Jones. I'm the Pittsburgh Regional Director. Uh, we're having a bunch of fun in this massive blizzard that I think everyone literally has a taste of it now. So I'm excited. You know, we uh, we're, we're touching on a couple different recruiting things. We got Tom in our back pocket. So. I'm excited for what this conversation is going to bring today. In recruiting, it seems like everyone thinks more on their self, right? So whenever we're trying to get to school, we think, okay, how do I get there? 
what what are the things that I need to do to be there? We never think about the other side of the table. I want from Tom your your background as a college coach. Explain the, explain the process from a college coach's perspective on each class, because I don't think a lot of people really understand what's going on from a coaching perspective because they're dealing with administration. Uh, deals like I, one of the guys that I really look up to, and he coached me was Coach Keith Gutton of Missouri State, and it seemed like most of his time was not in coaching; it was more on admin duties and recruiting. So, could you give a brief glimpse of what it's like to be a college coach, so that people understand their cadence when they're going through their recruiting? You know, it's funny that that you say that. Uh, you know. Uh, and it's absolutely true. Uh, dealing dealing with administrative, uh, you know, budget, travel, everything, and recruiting takes up so much of of a college recruit uh, or college coach's uh, day. And again, then you know, you got to throw in family time. You know, they 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 do have to do that. So it's like when you get to go out to the field and actually coach and and work with the kids on the field, it's great. But from from a college college coaching thing, I mean, I've been doing a lot of, ser- like a huge series that I have on YouTube to where I've been talking to college coaches from different sports, different levels, and interviewing them from Division One through JUCO coaches. And right now, uh, right now is an, is entirely different. And you know, we talk a lot off the air and and get you know really down into it. But I mean, right now, right now, you know, I mean, people are frustrated. I mean, it's it's the one time that in in a college coach's life to where they don't have everything under their control and they're waiting. I mean, they're waiting to see, you know, are kids going to stay? Is the NCAA going to grant more eligibility? And a lot of Division One, unless you're a huge Power Five thing, a lot of Division Ones right now are on hold for, say, like 2022 and everything like that because they, they just don't know that, you know, they're dealing with the unknown right now and uh you know that's why why i get involved um you know i do uh one kids in, in sports but i do tons of kids that you know are d2 d3 naia in junior college um just because of you know my ability to to uh bring my knowledge and and and, and our database and everything we, we work with every every um you know, college college program in America, but uh, you know, college wise now, I mean, it's it, it's tough. And you know, the the thing is that you know, a, a lot of coaches, you you see a lot of Division twos right now trying to lock down next year's kids and try to get steals and all that because of the uncertainty with Division one. Are you talking about class of twenty twenty? Or 2021, I mean. Sorry, 2021. 2022. I mean, 2021s you're still looking for, but usually when you get to the D2 and the D3, you know, they'll go that they'll they'll know and they're in the process. But there's more offers going out from those schools a year out instead of 
that that going into their senior year with the signing periods and all that because i mean they look at that this is probably the best thing that's ever happened to d2 d3 and nai is that division one coaches are on dead period it just just changed yesterday to may 31st and and it may extend but uh i mean before it was going out to june 30th so i'm glad I'm hoping uh, for a lot of people that um, that they'll keep it May 31st and that the D1 guys will be able to get out and do some visits and everything like that for June and July. What What's a typical timeline for a coach on a certain, like let's just say specifically the freshman class right now um, or just classes in general? What is a typical timeline for a coach to fill that class up with players that they need? It, it depends. It depends on the level. I mean, Division ones. I mean, they'll they'll look four, five, six years out and and have people on radar. You know, you know if they really really like them, get verbals and all that. Um, Division twos. You know, a couple. Couple of years, Division threes and NAIs. I mean, they usually go, you know, on a year by year basis and everything like that. Um, you know, it, it's just entirely different. And the, and the reason being, the reason being, a lot of there's there's such a tweener factor between the divisions that Division twos wait, and they're usually recruiting a lot of a lot of kids that are, are getting division one things. And, you know, usually, you know, they will, they will see if uh, kids slip and try to pick them up and everything, but they usually go one to two years out and then division threes and AIAs and that usually go year to year. Are they looking, are they looking for like, are they looking for every position or is there sp- position specific based on class yeah i mean they that they, they, they usually have their set rules of what they try to bring in to you know have this amount of pitchers this amount of you know middle infielders first baseman third baseman catchers outfielders so you know they're they're you know they're gonna sit there and look through tons of kids project uh, project it out and everything and then bring it you know they're going to go i call it you know for the kids i call it a funnel process and what we do is we get a lot of contacts and then we want to funnel it down they will do the same thing i mean you know there's kids that you know might not they might the school might not have what they they're looking for to study i'm going to tell you what Cody, it's it's amazing because schools can come up with different different stuff to sit there and, and fit and, and try to get somebody in uh, academically. But, um, you know, the, the big thing is that division ones, I mean, yeah, they, if you go up and you look at their, I call it their war board. I mean, they're, they're sitting there. They, they're, I'm looking now like my thing, I'm looking to sign 2022 kids through 2026. If you were a college coach right now, that's what you'd be looking at. Yep, and also in my job as a recruiter. So, 
where at what point does the 2027 start coming into play next year next year like that's like it's that early yep why why is it getting earlier in your opinion um it's it's getting early because i really think that there's so many travel events and everything like that now that they see them at a younger age and and everything i mean i've had kids that have played for me you know in high school and that um commit before their, their freshman year after their freshman year and then would you just, would you say that it this would be a fair statement that information is so it's available at a moment's notice that that's actually expedited the process it's actually brought it closer to younger age groups because it's so easy to market your abilities I'm going to tell you what with the with the young with the youngers that that you see verbaling, verbaling, um, they're they're usually a coach coach direct C. Okay, they they go out and they watch that kid at 12 years old start projecting in their head, and if they think that that's that they could be a fit, you know they'll make that they'll make that offer. Um, it's not at that age, like when I do mine, if I, typically. Like in my recruiting thing, if I have, I like to get kids in eighth or ninth grade because that way I get their information across the nation and then in personal recommendations through evaluations to schools that I think that will be a mix to get on their radar, get in their database for coaches to go see them and, and everything like that. But the, the one thing is, is from that eighth or ninth grade year, Spiker, that college coach is going to have updates, data updates, um, every every kind of statistical update, every kind of report uh, academically, behaviorally, every you know, family issues. They're going to know. They're going to have that whole story. So that junior and senior year, it makes it very easy because they've seen the kid through what I do and updates and all that through our company and myself. It makes it easy because you have their whole story in front of them. How, how do coaches find a 12-year-old or 13-year-old? I mean, I, I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. I, I'd like to get your opinion on this because it's coach, it's, 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 it's coach direct, right? Like, so literally... A, a coach finds out that, oh, there's a 13-year-old out there. Because a lot of parents are thinking about this. They're like, well, how did that kid even get seen? And he's already committed to be a uh, as a not even a freshman. I mean, there's a couple of players here in St. Louis. Somebody dropped a name to the coach and said, you know what? There, there's, a, there's this outstanding kid. You know, hey, come take a look. You might you might get the inside track on them. And, and that, I mean, that's definitely how it happens. And also, like I said, I mean, you know, I, we had a kid uh, at Mars who he st he's still playing and this is going to be his junior year, but before his freshman year, and I had his brothers. So I've seen the kid from sixth grade and everything. And the kid hits absolute bombs. I mean, he goes down to a thing in Georgia and right before, before he has stepped on the field as a high school or high school travel age kid, he's got, he's got a verbal, verbal commitment to go play at Georgia Tech.
So I guess the biggest recommendation for parents and players is to develop that network, develop your own network, start, start getting in front of people, um, especially the bigger clubs. Um, and then also obviously social media probably plays a bit of a factor in that as well, because then if you keep on sending out video, you'll have a better idea who that player is. I think the, I think the biggest thing that, that is out there is there's so many options and parents, parents are starting to ask more questions. Like, what should I spend my money on? Because there are a lot of money grabs out there, but I think the biggest thing that's coming into play now is how how big is social media, right? How many events out there now have cameras and track your data? So you're giving every college coach under the sun the opportunity to track that player development, right? So they know their work ethic. They see where they're at. If you got blast now and you're 13 or you're 12 years old, they know where, where you're at all the way through until you hit 15, 16. Now you're freshman, sophomore. So they can kind of see your work ethic and where you're growing. And then on top of that, you're able to use your own social media to go out there and, and continue to, to broadcast yourself, right? And I think the biggest thing that's starting to play a factor now, um, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point, is the transfer portal. So you got you you now have to start to look at your secondary options where what is my path to get to where I want to go? And if you want to go to a certain school, you know, we're going down to Gardner-Webb this summer. I know firsthand from Tim Chester, as does Tom, if you're a freshman, you better be a stud with measurables. Because if not, I'm comparing you to guys in the transfer portal that already have a year of experience. So now you're not just competing with the, your senior class trying to get there. You're competing with guys in Matuco or D2 or whatever, and they're transferring out now. So there's a lot more measurables that need to go into it. And the relationship has to be a part of it too. Sure. And what's a good fit? You know, I think, I think a lot of kids now and a lot of coaches now are starting to realize, and it takes a little bit with that ego, you know, like coaches have the ego, but some kids have that ego where they're, they're the stud, they're the dude there. Um, and what tends to happen is, is they're the dude. They have a D one bat, they have a D one glove, they have a D one mentality, but they're putting general studies for their, their elected area that they want to go to college for, and they have like a two four two five. Essentially, you're, you're almost failing living at home, and you want to go 12, 16, 20 hours away for the exact same thing. And now they're looking at you like, yeah, you got the measurables, man, but I'm not going to babysit you. Like, I can't take a risk and offer this to you. You better go find another path. Like, go JUCO first. Let them get your grades up, find what you want to go for, and then go from there. There's a lot of areas that are starting to change now with this transfer portal and COVID and the dead periods. Yeah. I think, I think GPA is, um, kids look at it and be like, Oh, I have to have a good GPA. Cause that means I'm a good student. It, it's more of a communication tool than anything else. Like if you have a really good GPA, you're basically communicating to the coach that your effort levels there, you're, you're, you're locked in. Um, it's not necessarily like, Oh, is this kid smart? It's what's his effort level because you can really control that GPA on how, how you treat the, your schoolwork your homework, your quizzes, your tests. Like, are you, are you spending a week before the test to study or two weeks before the test to study? Or are you just hopping in that test and just, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Just, just wing it. <laughs> and that, and that spiker, I mean, uh, it's good because, you know, when you go on a visit and, and everything like that, I mean, that's one thing as a, as a college coach and stuff that I'll, I teach my clients that are going on visits, College coach is going to sit there and he's going to tell you, hey, you know, great. Yeah, you're 3.8 and all that. Number one, I don't want to have to deal. I don't want to have to deal with any academic issues. And, you know, 
that has kind of evolved over the years to where, you know, a lot of people would sit there and take chances on it. They won't anymore because, I mean, that they, they try to get it down to an exact science, which it's not. But they they will control. I mean, they're gonna say they'll they'll sit there and tell you, okay, well, you know, you here you are. Explain your two four when I have ten other kids here that are three five and above, and you know, I'm not gonna have to worry about. It. Yeah, same same athletic ability. Maybe a tick below. If you have a three five and it's a tick below, I'm not gonna deal with that headache of a two five. Because I mean. I just remember back in college, uh, I went to junior college and then a four year and every single guy that had bad grades or was a nuisance off the field, you could just tell that the coach, coach, coach level was there. They were stressed out and they don't want to be stressed out because they want to focus in on what, what matters to them, which is baseball. They don't want to focus in on your academics. They care about your academics, but that's not their specialty. Their specialty is baseball. I'm going to teach you life skills. I'm going to try to make sure that this team is good and we're going to go win championships. That's what they want to worry about. They don't want to worry about, hey, is Johnny going to pass his math test? Absolutely. We talked about the transfer portal. I don't think a lot of people really understand that there's a underlining market under out there. You Obviously, if I'm a player and I... I'm looking at where I want to go. Let's just say Notre Dame or USC. I'm going to look at that roster. I'm going to see what type of players are on there. I'm like, oh, their catcher's a senior. Their other catcher's a junior. I've got a shot. Eh, wait a minute. You got technically junior college, and technically you got the transfer portal. That's a possibility as well, um, especially with uh, the COVID situation. So. How do you how do you view the transfer portal and how do you communicate that to your high school athletes? I think the best thing uh, way that I can put it, I was talking to uh, my friend Terry Smith, who's the assistant head coach for Penn State football and their defensive recruiting coordinator, and he said we have had to open up a whole new department just on the transfer portal alone because. Because of, okay, now D1s can transfer to D1s and not sit out and everything like that. So everybody that's not playing or isn't projected to play in that next two years, I mean, they're entering the portal. And, and as, as Coach Smith said, he goes, we have a whole department where you have to know every roster of every school in America to be able to get a database. Is this kid, will he be a fit? So, I mean, the transfer portal right now, just because of the extra years. And and also, um, I think a lot of it goes to the mentality, and I think Tim will back this up, is that D1 or bust mentality to where, you know, they so many kids are going preferred walk on and or so many kids are, you know, go and 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 for no money and they get there and they really see what division one sports is about. And they hit that portal instead of, you know, when you sit there and you talk about them through the recruiting process, it's you, you talk. I always talk about a right fit. 
And for a kid that's this telling you, look, you know what, I I, I want to go in somewhere and play and everything like that, to where you go and put yourself in a situation like that. And I know that you see every once in a while they they show the the coach and he has the whole team gathered around and it's like, hey, we're going to add this kid to scholarship and all. It's few and far between. I will tell you that right now. And, and, and you're usually going to be there and put three years in of just grunt work to where you, I mean, you're basically, uh, to put use a naval thing, naval thing, you're a plea. And, and that's, and, and that's what it is. And, you know, when you put up with all that and, and you go out and you make some special team stuff or, or, you know, you go out and you, you, you know, your role and, you know, you're a fast kid and can go in like that. It can happen. But I just want to tell people because, you know, it's few and far between that you will ever move up and all that. And to go and just get a Jersey and be a part of a team everything like that i mean if that's it instead of instead of you wanting to go play then you know i would say then go for it but i mean most kids that get into it and have that drive i mean number one they they want to hear as a freshman i hey you know it gets competitions there and you come in and compete and, and i'll and i'll find you to play in time narratives are really addicting. Everyone loves the hero's journey, right? And I think that's where we get this whole D1 mentality. Everyone loves the movie Rudy. Um, every, everyone loves the, the heart, the, the heartthrob story where the guy had all against all odds, he was able to make it. Um, I, I, I love that story. And at some point, at some point it can really propel up athlete to really push through hard times. But I always po- I, I pointed to I tweeted out a picture of the Super Bowl. Um, they had something up on the jumbotron, and it had all the five star athletes that were on the field starting positions, and there was only one five star football player that was actually on the field, <laughs> and the four star, the three star, the two star, those guys were actually playing, not the five star. I always I always think about. It's not where you start. It's always where you end up. And maybe you do go junior college. Maybe you do go division two. And whatever your goal is, whether that's I want to get a really good degree and I want to be um, a rocket scientist and be like Elon Musk and shoot rockets up into, uh, up into space, let's do it. Uh, maybe a D1 school is not for you. Maybe you need to go to a D3 like um, uh, Wash U here in St. Louis. So I, I feel like you got to know what your story is and know what your narrative is and what you really cling to. And that's a really good point, Tom, is that you can't be just D1 or bust. Like everyone loves the Rudy story, but maybe you aren't Rudy. Maybe you're somebody else and you got to live your story, not Rudy's story. How do you gain attention from a college coach? How do you get that eye? I always, I always use the analogy that um, if we, this was a high school and you're walking down the hallway, that pretty blonde over there, how do you get, how do you get that, atten- that, that attention of the pretty blonde? <laughs> it's changed quite a bit. I can tell you that. It's, uh, if you talk to a college coach now they'll, they'll, that's been in the game for a long time, they'll tell you, you know, seven to nine, we used to sit down in our office and literally make phone call after phone call after phone call. That's not necessarily how it is now because you have multiple facets coming from social media 
and they will put on an assistant coach or that third assistant, if you will, that everyone wants to get paid because they should be to filter through everything. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of times where you have to pick and choose and be wise. And Tom will definitely touch on this where y- you have to proofread <laughs> number one. If you, you have to write it yourself because if you don't, college coaches will know point blank if your mom or dad wrote this or if someone else wrote that for you, you know, and, and be yourself, be honest. And if you engage the conversation where you leave a little curiosity and you end it with a question and now you're engaging certain things in the right context, they'll get you on the call or they'll they'll email you back, right? Or they'll invite you down to a camp because they really want to see you. Um, and a lot of guys are doing literal like FaceTime like this, FaceTime recruiting on campus right now, which is, I don't even know how they do that. That's just- yeah, one of our, one of our guys is getting recruited by Harvard right now and they, that's what they're doing. That's literally how they're recruiting is we're going to have zoom calls see how you talk, how you interact and, um, what are your parents like? And kudos to him. He is, he, his, his mom and dad were like, okay, we'll be on the zoom call with you. And he was literally like, no, you're not. I'm doing this on my, I'm doing this on my own. I got to stand on my own two feet. I was like, holy cow. You, yep. You are, you are Harvard material. <laughs> He's exactly right. Yeah. I give kudos to the kid because, and, and to just to touch on it with Tim, I mean, and, and, and go off, off of him. Um, you know, getting things, I mean, everybody has such a misconception of showcases to where they look at it as this is my place to go and get seen. Well, I, I'm going to tell you it, from, from coaching college. Okay. I used to, I used to get, okay, coach, you're coming to showcase. Here's your 150 kids that are coming. Of those 150 kids, I go into my recruiting database. Let me see who's going to be there that I'm, that I, have information on and I'm actively pursuing. So I see seven to 10 kids. Those seven to 10 kids are who I'm going to that showcase for, not for all 150. I'd love to tell you that college coaches can sit there and evaluate every kid that's there. Uh, That's not the case. And the other thing is, uh, you know, you may have 40 college coaches there. They're there to see probably 20, 20 of those 150 kids. Now, I will say there there may be that, you know, you're while you're while you're running, you see somebody run a six six or six seven, it's like, here you go. Okay, I gotta get you get you on my thing and talk to you and find out a little bit about you, see how you perform in the other areas, or you know, you you're you're there and you see this kid. That, that you're not looking at, light it up at 85 or 86, and you're like, okay, yeah, let me let me talk let me talk to this kid. But the misconception to where when you go to these showcases that you're going to be discovered is just that it's a misconception, and you know that's 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 just how it is. I mean, I I really think that. Um, I use in my recruiting things for baseball. I use three huge showcase events throughout the, the year, and two of them are run by major league scouts. 
that they bring, they draw in a ton of people that number one, I've all, I'm going to attend that event in person to where when I walk in the door at seven 30 in the morning, coach, here you go. Okay. Now who do you have? And you know, they're all sitting there like that. And who do I want to look at? Who do I, you know, they ask all the questions and, through the workouts, I'm sitting there going through the crowd of coaches and, you know, having coaches come up and ask questions. And I think that's the best way about it. I mean, I, I really get into the, the recruiting thing from what I do now on a personal level and, and all that. So um, I just think that that's tough. But like Tim was saying, like the emails and all that, <laughs> I can't tell you how I stress to my parents, uh, I'll, I'll use I'll use a name because he's out there. Brody Clemens, great family, everything like that. Coach, we just signed him. Yeah, he plays for my 18U team, and he's a sophomore, very good kid. And you know his project, his, his progress now is going to be. He's going to go out to to everybody and and have his opportunities. But it's like I said, I mean, you know, they made a good investment. We're going to promote market and consult you all the way through on the best best things possible. But you got to perform on the field in the classroom and everything else. So when when taking care of this thing, there's a thing on our profiles where you write you write a bio. And it's so funny. I always tell them, I'm like, when you get done writing your bio and all that, send it to me because I check it spelling, punctuation, everything like that. It's so funny. Kids will write emails. I have other reps that sit there and call me and they're like, your kids do so well. I said, their profiles are, are, are immaculate. And I said, send me one of your kids' profiles. And in their bio, misspelled words, no punctuation and everything as a college coach when i open that up and i'm like this is a first impression and i'm looking i'm like this kid didn't even take the time to sit there and write me good about himself and everything like that and the other thing like you said don't get the parents involved i mean i told becky and rob and and you know they laugh i said sit back and enjoy the ride because they want to they want to talk to to brody me and and any other coaches or teachers that have something to do with this kid's ability and character quick question on showcases because it's such a touchy topic like you have different thoughts and beliefs on showcases and then college camps I could talk to 10 different dudes or 10 different gals and I'd get a different answer. Um, some will be similar, but they're technically different because everyone has their, their thing. Um, where do you, where do you see showcases and camps and, um, and well college camps? How, where do you see the, that showcase events where you play games? Um, I, I, I like them because they're going to see you in game-like situations and everything like that. The other thing is you have a thing. There, there's a thing that's called like showcase players. And when you go and you hit off the tee, and like I said, I've seen kids go in and rip 95, rip 95, rip 95. Then you go watch it, you watch them in a game, and they're – their showcase stuff does not transfer to actual success on the field. 
You know, it's a really good point about exit velocity. I was talking about this to somebody the other day. They asked, like, what's a good exit velocity? And I was like, well, is it off of a tee or off of a game? Those are two totally different answers. Like, I've never got the whole concept of let's put a person on a tee, let's get their exit velocity and figure out what they can do. Like, yeah, I can see, like, okay, they have some power. Like, they have some ability there, but doesn't give me a really strong picture of, can this kid actually play? Let's can he turn around a fastball at uh, and have an exit velo of ninety five? And there's so many like the exit velo and what goes into that metric. There's a lot of things that have to happen. Like obviously, if it's off of a tee, it's yeah the bat weight and then how fast you're able to throw the barrel through the zone. But in a game, it depends on the pitcher too. Like you have to know that speed as well. And if you're able to catch up to him and have that timing and you hit it squarely, then we got an idea of what your, your true exit velo is. I've just, I've never, I've never understood that metric. It's a huge deal. Like, like I, I know, and I know it's almost, well, second this, I'm sure you've seen it too, where coaches want that data to compare to their, their players that they have now on the team, right? Like they ask for blast data, right? They want to know where they're at and it's just a measurable. They want to see if they can compare. And then if you go to a showcase, they want to see if you if you can implement that into a game. But at the same time, they don't just want to see you succeed the entire time. You know, and a lot of parents are like, wow, my kid didn't do so great this weekend. I need to go drop a grand and do another one or whatever the case is. <laughs> they really do want to see you struggle because they want to see how you handle it. And how do you come back? You strike out. All right. Now, now you watch you're down. It's two, two to one game in the bottom of the ninth. All right, you're down two strikes. First two guys are swinging for the fences. They want to be the hero. You got a full count. You widen up, you shorten up, and you you smack a ball and play, right? So now you did your job. Someone's going to look at you a little bit more in depth now because they saw your adversity, how you faced it. They saw you bear down. You're not a hero, but you're going to do something for your team to give yourself the opportunity to win. And I know there's a lot of college coaches out there that the majority, 70, sometimes even 80% of their recruiting – comes from guys that they've looked at that they've invited to their camps and they will recruit them from their camps because now they can they can see their measurables on both sides it's a I'm, big aspect I'm, what I'm, right, I'm right there with tim number one i mean i get my kids and i'm like we want we want camp invites where you work out in front of the staff and or or with their or with a practice with them so that they see how you're going to fit in their program. I think that that's way more important than going out to a showcase. I mean, I think that coaches really like to see the tournaments. They love coming to a tournament really where there's there's no showcase. Okay, let me see. Let me see this kid play the game. What measurables are coaches like, like looking at right now? What's the big numbers that they find um, helpful when making a decision. They're looking for somebody that can light up velocity and, and everything pitching wise. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna look they're gonna look at, at you know control of secondary pitches and like that. Uh, you know for players speed. I mean you can't you can't teach it. I mean, kids are gonna gonna have that. You can improve and do a little bit with it, but you're not taking an, an eight and making him a seven, and and everything like that. So, they they look at that. They look at arm strength and everything. I mean, you know, it's 
the funny thing is, and, and I like I'll tell my infielders, they'll they'll sit there and they're uncorking them and all that. And they might not be all online, but uh, you know, I'm like, don't stress about that. They're looking straight at your arm strength. They'll settle you in and do everything like that. They want to see do you have the arm strength to go in the hole, make a play. Throw it across. Throw it across the infield. They'll they'll work on that, and that will come with progression and reps. That's a good point, Tom. Like, like guys right now are so big on metrics, like exit velo, bat speed, all of that. Which is those are really good metrics. Those are very strong. But the thing that a lot of people don't consider is that soft skill of competition. It, and I, I want to hit on that point is that the play in the hole, are you able to make that play? Do you have the gumption to go into the hole, use your athletic ability and have the decision making process of either a, I'm throwing this across the diamond if I'm a shortstop or B, if there's a guy running around second backpicking him or a guy running to third backpicking him that that's where I feel like it's a huge separator. It, you throw in and it's a good thing, Spike. Baseball IQ, which I, I talk about with all, all of my kids. This kid has a high baseball IQ. He knows situations. And Timmy can tell you from 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 my practices because he I mean he's watched watched them a few. I mean, I break down everything. And the other thing is I will stop to sit there and teach. And that's what the practices are for. So many people just don't do it and just go through the reps and then, well, you know, at the end and everything. No, I'll stop it right there and say, okay, here's the situation. Here's what we did. What were you looking at? That Tell me what you were looking at, what you saw, because this is what I saw and everything like that. And it, and it's just such a good thing. It's just such a teaching tool. I mean, the other thing is, you know, blast, um, you know, great thing and all that. But you, you know what? The exit velo and everything like that. When I'm when I'm going to look at my kids and, and 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 talk to them about their hitting. I, I, I'm in your quickness to contact and I'm at your bad angle. And if your quickness to contact and your bad angle are, are, are all superb, then I'm going to tell you what, you're going to, you're going to have some exit velo cause you're going to be squaring balls up. Yeah. The other thing, that's the, your other control. thing is, yeah. Yeah, yep, the other, the other thing is, is being able, Hey, you know, you here, look, you're breaking this back leg. Or you know your your claps you you know when you step your claps in your front side and you're getting out out in front those little things like that I mean and, and, and I'm right with you I mean you can have the greatest exit velo and I've seen them I, I I just shared this thing with with Timmy and and it was a kid ripping a ball off the tee 94 miles an hour and almost falling down over here. And I'm like, okay, yeah, put him in the box and I, and show, show me hitting him, hitting a kid throwing 85 and with 94 exit below, then I'll get excited. The biggest I'll controllable that seems to be lost on a lot of players, more so in a lot of parents where they, and you can speak on this too, Spiker, where I know you see it you've been there, right? One of the biggest controllables is your attitude, your work ethic. They will, you can have a college coach and you can have four offers and three of those coaches are coming to watch you play in an event. You could be a catcher and be 
the laziest person on the field in your pregame, the laziest person going through your motions, hitting in the cage. You can have a bad attitude with your your teammates. You can have you know bad body language with the umpires or your pitchers, and they will immediately cross you off. That's a controllable that seems to be lost in translation, and I have no idea why. And it's all be, I think it's more so because this massive push for data and what you do play-wise versus what's your character. Because if you're not a good teammate, and you if you can't be, and I teach my guys this too, and Tom knows this, if you can't be a good teammate on the bench, there's no way I'm going to let you be a good teammate on the field. And it's you have hard. to be able to have that. And you work hard. You know, do it right, do it clean, hold your guys accountable. You know, you might not agree with a call from an umpire, but that's his zone. It's not yours. It's not universal. It's right? hard to so show. How do you handle that? It's, it's hard, hard to show that on social media. I view it like this is that um, everyone loves Christmas, right? When you walk down, you see the shiny box and everything like that. That's kind of how I view metrics is that it's the shiny wrapping paper around the box. I get an idea. Okay, that kid has good bat speed. Okay, I get that. The kid throws hard. Perfect. Um, the kid runs a fast 60. Now I want to go over cause I'm really excited about that present. It's really big. That, that, that paper shiny has a big bow on it. Now I'm going to rip it open and see what's inside. Is it coal or is it a new iPhone? That's, that's the real thing. And uh, you know what? I, I want to go back this week. We talked about the transfer portal. I think now with the data stuff and all that people sit there and and as we're going through COVID and they can't go out to see people play, that plays a big part because that kid now gets on campus and everything and it's like, this kid can't play here and he's here now. You need to transfer out You need to, you, and you need to do that. And I think so much of that, that is thrown in. And I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, mainly, you know, with, with my recruiting thing and, and people will say, Tom, your reports are great because number one, I'm going to give you the data. I'm going to give you the background, the academic, the athletic, but I'm the, the whole thing is I know, I know my kids, I know their attitudes and everything. I mean, when, when, when I get a call about a kid, Hey, you know, you sent me this, you know, I like his stuff. They, I know. You know, very rarely do we discuss a, a lot about about his playing skills. It's like, tell me the kind of kid he is, what kind of family is he from, how's he carry himself, how do you see him fitting? Is he going? Is he a leader, or will he be, you know, a a clickish kid on our team and stuff like that? How do how do players know that they belong on, at that level? Obviously, the ego is going to give you some false bias and going to give you a narrative in your head. And you're, you and a lot of players do think that they can play at the Division One level, but frankly, a lot of them can't. And how do how do the players know in high school if they can play at that level? Here's a that's a great thing, and I tell all my kids, I'm like, you know, just so many people like you know will, will poo poo Division Two, II, Division Three, and all that, and I tell my kids. You know, have you been to a Division One baseball game? And you know, about half, half of them raised their hand. Go watch. Go watch it. Go watch. Go watch those kids play. Go watch a Division Two game. 
a Division Three game. And you're going to see that that these Division Two and Three and NAIA kids, and and they're really good. I mean, it's like I I mean I tell them I'm like you know my really really advanced kids, and they're thinking about the draft and everything. I'm like, you know what? I you know if you don't have that thing. Go Division Two. I I was a Division Division Two player and, and and got drafted and everything and it was so funny. One of the the big things is when I went to the University of Charleston, Spiker, the Charleston Charlies, the AAA organization for the Cleveland Indians. We played there and everything. One of the big recruiting tools for me. Um, yeah, we know that you have that ability and you're looking to get seen. Every team, every team is going to be in here. Uh, feel free. We'll have you in for workouts, pro days. So if you want to get seen and move on, move to that next level, we can help you. Come come down and play at Charleston. Great selling point, right? I tell there. my kids all the time, you know, if you, you have this desire to play, okay, what area do you live in? Go look at some of the rosters of the Division II, Division III NAI schools. Go see who you played against in high school or some of the kids at different local high schools, and you tell me what your initial thoughts are on some of those kids and then see where they're playing now. That gives you a great perception. Whereas if you followed behind a guy and he was, your, he was the best catcher in your section and he went D2, right? And he had great grades, great athleticism, solid teammate, solid player. He went D2. Why do you think that you can play ahead of him at Division One? And go look at the Division One roster, and you tell me how many All-Americans are on that team when they're freshmen. How many graduate on that team? You might have nine, and then now whenever they graduate, there's two, maybe three. When I, I think back, when I think back on my career, I innately did that. Now that you mention it, I've never thought about it that way. That's an that innately that's what I did because I I was facing facing guys like. Here's an example. Tim Melville pitched for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he threw 95, and I was like, that, <laughs> that's not me. I'm not getting drafted. That's not me. But I would face D1 guys that went Division One, and I was like, they're not that good. I can face them. I'm, I'm, I'm better than them. So I, I think that's a really good measuring stick, and you have to look at your own skill set, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm as good as that guy, and he's going Division One. Hell yeah, I can play with them. Well, and and to top it off, it's it's more so more so Spiker. It's the parents' mentality of my kid. My kid is is just that, and you know, um, it's the dinner party syndrome. I like to call it the. It's like I like to call it the dinner party syndrome. We all had we all get together with friends around the dinner table, and then obviously conversation happens, and I say, well, my kid's going Division One. Mm-hmm. He's playing out. And, and, and what I tell people is, I'm a, and, and I tell like when I'm when I'm having my initial conversation with them, and so I'm like, your every every recruiting thing is is individual. Don't sit there and compare yours to somebody else's. You have different skill sets than that person. You are unique. You are one of a kind. So you have to sit there and put yourself put yourself out that way instead of sitting there and saying, 
Well, you know, hey, Tim Jones, yeah, you know, I can, man, I can play, I can play just like him. Well, you know what? That team at that time needed a catcher, and they liked Tim Jones, Tim Jones's whole whole skill set and attitude. That's why he's there. It's having a macro. It's having a macro viewpoint rather than a micro viewpoint. Having a long term frame set versus a short term frame set. Um, when I went when I went jun- junior college, it w- I was fine with not saying I went to junior college. I actually was like, uh, it was funny. I was in the facility um, working out, and one of the guys that went to Mizzou, he saw me working out, and we were former teammates. He comes up, he's like, "Oh, Spike, what's up? Uh, where are you get, where are you getting recruited at, or where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm going to Longview." He's like, "You're going to Long Beach State?" And I'm like, "No, I'm going to Longview Community College." And he's like, "Oh, okay." End of this. As the story went on, I ended up going to Missouri State. Started eat all t- those two years. Didn't come out. He sat the bench the whole time at Mizzou. Let me ask you this question, Spiker. How many times do you have a conversation, or do you see other guys have a conversation with a family about recruiting? And you give an assessment. Like we do assessments here. I know you guys do assessments there. How many times are the parents and the player so far off? where it's almost offensive to the parents when you say, listen, you're, you have a great ball player. You have a great athlete. You know, he has D one capabilities, but the academics and the mental side don't match up. His best bet to get there is going Juco. And they're like, Oh my God, my kid's not going Juco. Then you have the conversation with the kid and the kid's like, yeah, coach, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And it's completely night and day. Well, I think it's a dinner. I think that has to go down. One of the questions that I, I had for you guys, which is, the dinner table conversation. How does a parent open up that conversation with the player? Because again, communication lines are tough at times because the kids won't talk. They're like, "Hey, how's school? Good. How how how's hanging out with friends? Good. Well, what's good? It's good." <laughs> you know what? So much is there's so many distractions for kids and everything now that you know. You, you don't sit down and have those dinner conversations or when you do, you know, there's phones involved, there's this involved and everything else. But the other, the, the other thing is, is just, you know, and there's kids, there's kids that, that, and parents that call me and I do the research on the kid and I'm like, you know what, at this time, I don't think that, the, you know, he's one of the top 6% that can go and play. And I always tell them, I'm like, you know, prove me wrong. I mean, they'll be like, you know, this and I'm if he prove if they prove me wrong, I'll be the first one congratulating them and everything like that. But the whole thing is, I mean, when you when you go and and you know as as a coach as what I do as a director of recruiting, you cannot sit there and sugarcoat stuff out to college coaches because if I call Jim Chester and I'm sending it sending him info on a kid that's throwing eighty miles an hour and and is five foot six, 145 pounds. He's, I mean, I'm not even going to get an email. I'm going to get a phone call and he's going to say, Tom, come on now. What, 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 you know that this kid cannot play here. So, and it's just it, one of our things. And I think why our company does so well is we just don't take everybody like that. It's like, hey, here's our evaluation. Here's, here's what we think. Um, you know, it, it, 
He's young. Yeah, projectable. Um, he has he has a shot. I cannot guarantee that, but I believe he has a shot. It's going to be how hard he works and and finding that right fit school for him. I but think we I mean, have. I think as coaches, you know, especially with good coaches or good recruiters, if you go through certain companies, they don't do that much work for you. They expect you to do it. So then the parents have to take on so much more. So now they're they're vested in it. They're almost recruiting their kid, right? And it's it gets tough because how do you separate mom and dad from recruiting for your your player? But at the same time, it, it all falls back into education. You know, I know I've had many, many conversations where I've offended parents because they didn't like what I had to say, but it was the brutal honesty. And I tell them all the time, I said, the hardest thing to accept is, is honesty, right? And it's not always what you see. And as parents, you always want the best for your kid. So you expect the best for your kid. Well, sometimes expecting the best for your kid and what is actually best for your kid are two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. So when we educate them, say, okay, how much money did you put aside for college? How much money do you expect him to get to play baseball? There's not a lot of money in baseball, and and I don't care how many people told you that their kid's getting a full ride. I'm going to tell you it's almost 100% of a lie. You know, it's just not a reality with baseball. It's not football. It's not basketball. Well, let me break it down for you and give you how many scholarship opportunities there are based on each division. Let me tell you how much money goes into that. Let me tell you what schools will give you money based on your education and your field of study and what they're looking for. And now more money is in that more money is in the education side, which a lot of people don't realize is that you could apply for scholarships. If you start sophomore year and target those scholarships, you have a better chance of getting money there than um, athletically athletically helps. And you get to put that on your resume when you apply to jobs. Uh, like my wife is um, a headhunter. She, she finds people jobs and she says, whenever I have an athlete, that's like, that goes straight to the top of the list because that's, that shows a lot in just a few few little words. If they say played Division two baseball all four years and also got conference of the player, got conference player, team captain, that's like a slam dunk for me. College, I think they they forget the fact that hey, if you get a if you get a good amount of money for education, that opens the door to other colleges because now they can give you money that's not necessarily their scholarship fund, right? So now you open the door to more opportunities. It's just a matter of educating the parents as much as possible or getting them in the right program to be recruited and getting the right help, getting the right help to know what to do to get recruited as well. You know, as a college coach, when I got emails from parents and all that, they just went. And and college coaches will tell you that now, too. You know, they want emails that direct communication with a kid and uh, one of the big things like you're talking about is that dinner table thing. Good. And I mean, I sit there and go through with all my kids when they're going on visits or when they're having their Zoom things or communicating with a college coach is how to talk to them. Number one, I'm like, you have to hey, assert of confidence. Look them in. The, look Communication them in the skills. That's so important. That's yeah, so it important. really is. I mean, if you're a kid that, you know, coach is asking you, you know, hey, you know, tell tell me, you know, how, how you feel. Oh, good. And they're going to sit there and they're going to be like this. And, you know, you just have it's, – it's learning to sell yourself and everything. The other thing, and it's, it's so funny, I'm like, when you're communicating with a college coach and you're going back and forth, it's funny because I said – 
you always want to end every one of your conversations to with a coach asking them a question and i and i say why and they're like okay and i'm like what do you want them to do and they're like uh get back to me or respond i'm like there you go so number one the college coach is going to see right there you know and when he keeps asking questions, more information, more information, you're showing them interest. You're showing that coach, hey, I'm trying to establish a relationship with you. I'm trying to, to you know, gather as much information so that when I make my decision that I have everything. And, I mean, it goes, those, those kids that can do that very well and, and, and all that, I mean, it, it totally helps. And just like Tim said, too, I mean, your main thing, I mean, and, and I always tell kids, I said, you're going to tell, when you tell me you're making your college choice, I'm going to know it's the right college choice. Because, so, and it's so funny, they're like, well, what do you think? Where should I go? And I'm like, guys, they're not recruiting me. I said, you know, I have my, my thoughts, but I'm a totally different person and totally different mindset than what you might be thinking. I said, but it all comes down to, I'm making, I'm, I'm going here because even if I didn't play that sport there, this school was setting me up to take care of me the next 40 years of my life. And that's the approach that you have to go into, into going uh, first and foremost. Because if you're not going there, then and it's like you see so much now, so many kids are ridden in debt and going to school for for stuff that, you know, they, there's no way they're going to get a, a good job coming out, coming out of school. And it's setting yourself up, being true, working through. And and you know what? The, the other thing, and, and Tim said it, is that network, and I talked to him about when you, when you go and you play a sport in college, that sets up the biggest network you're ever going to have for in life because alumni that go there, I mean, they come up and they'll be like, hey, Tim, you know, I see you're going to graduate this year. You're, you're a finance major. Guess what? We'd love to have a, you know, Rawlings Tiger uh guy in our thing here's my card give me a give me a call a few weeks before you're getting out i want to set bring you in and have you meet everybody get an interview that i mean that's what it's all about there's a lot of correlation with recruiting and business like if you think about there's marketing there's sales there's there's there, it, there's a lot of it and i didn't learn a lot of the sales and marketing skills until i got out of college um and again, college served a really good purpose for me, really helped me find what I was really interested in. But just for a parent's sake, the thing that I've noticed where the ones that are really successful are the parents that are that have the conversations with their with their kids and then they expose them to a lot of things outside of sports. That's where I noticed that there's a lot of success with with those kids because again one one of the players that I had that is that was one of my favorites didn't even pl played college baseball for one semester um, but his heart really wasn't into it but what he was really into was the craftsmanship he he wanted to um, get into the hard trades and that school who has a baseball program had his degree that he wanted to get into. He's like, I don't want to do college. I don't want to spend four or five, six years in college. I want to get my degree and get out and get into the workforce because I'm really passionate about the hard, the hard labor skills. And 
he's making a killing now. He found his he found his thing. And the only reason he did that was his parents had the conversation super early, like whenever they were in a car ride. Like um, Evan would tell me this. He's like, "How was how how was your trip to Indianapolis up here?" He's like, "Well, man, my parents started talking to me about real life stuff. It sucked, but now he's like that that helped him. <laughs> he hates it. He hated it at the moment because he's like, I wanted just to hang out on my phone and talk to people and stuff like that. But it helped him move the needle just a little bit forward." And if you get a little bit of a, uh, the kids like, nah, I don't want to talk about this. Keep pushing them. You never know. No, they, they, they might open, open up, up at some point. point. Absolutely. Don't put, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Oh yeah. Without, without a doubt. Best, what? best summer summarization. What do you, Tom, what's your recommendation for juniors and seniors right now that don't have any leads on co- college coaches? Um, are they, are they pretty much in a, problem area or is there still capability yeah you're way behind um i would honestly say i mean i i have a lot of seniors right now that are in that thing and getting phone calls and you know um you know can can you can you help us and usually it's from somebody spiker that i talked to when they were in eighth ninth or tenth grade and oh don't worry we have this we you know we, we know what we're doing and everything and then they call and they're like we have no clue as uh, what's going on nothing's on the table what can you do and you know um right now yeah you're you're a little behind and and everything like that uh it, it, there's still the the opportunities are there it's just you know finding those right niches for for those kids and all that but yeah you you are you are behind and you know that you you definitely are going to need somebody helping and guiding you and taking you along the way I think it'd probably be like a network problem, right? Their name, their brand name is not out there. Not many people know who they are. I feel like that's where they get caught and they get stuck. And it's so hard to create a name for yourself when you haven't been doing it um, from your eighth grade freshman year. I think the other side too is like, if you go to certain programs where you'll spend 1500 bucks and then it's like, yeah, here we go. You expect a recruiter to get video and do all this other stuff and like kind of help you out. And, and they have 90 other clients and it's like, well, my, my class is full. I'm done. I'm not really working anymore. And then it's up to you. But then you also have to look at the area. Like what, what's California doing right now? They, have, they don't have any sports. There's nothing going on. So it's almost impossible for those kids to get recruited. And you got players that need these sports because it's keeping them out of trouble. It helps them keep their grades up because they're focused. They're involved in something that's pushing them. Um, and then you also have guys getting extra years of eligibility where you run the risk of a guy that had a full-time job lined up and he's passionate about baseball. He wants to, he wants to pitch another year, right? So now your spot's gone. There's no money for you. So they have to tell you that. Um, I think what's going to happen, and it's just my personal opinion, you guys can, can chime in on it. By all means, I'd love to hear your opinions, is I think this next two-year stretch, like this year, next year, maybe even the year after that, we're going to see those guys that are the last, the first guy to show up, the last guy to leave. You're going to see those hard workers that are going to make drastic decisions, but are great decisions where they're going to go to a community college or go into a JUCO. They're going to go and get some education, maybe work a little bit, kind of get a taste of the real world because they, they always had plans to play baseball. They're not sure what they want to do, but they really want to play baseball. 
they'll end up being those transfer guys that help out a team. And they will make it if they work that hard to go and they continue to believe in themselves. But it's going to take a special group to do that. It's going to take a special mindset to do that. But I think we will see some of that where you're not the dude. You're not the guy on the team or you're you're the fifth guy on the team and you're consistent and you're, you're a great ball player and you have a chance to go. But space is limited. Numbers are limited. So what what can you do next? And I think that's that's a good route for some of those players that really work hard and push themselves. Yeah, it's strong hand it's strong hands versus weak hands, right? Do you have weak hands or do you have strong hands? Are you are you gonna just throw it throw it up and like I'm done with this, I'm I'm over it? Or are you gonna have are you gonna double down on your effort? Um I, I always I always think about it this way is that um the when doubt is at its highest, you gotta double down your effort. Absolutely. Yeah, there's and there's so many factors into it. I mean, like Timmy Timmy was saying, I mean, let's go this way. Last last year, the major league draft was only five rounds. So, I mean, I that a lot of kids that were looking to go, you know, came back. OK, let's see what this year brings. And then, you know, with the extra year eligibility and and you know the, the other thing is and what people don't realize is the junior national njcaa has granted a free year of eligibility so you're actually going and, and playing junior so you can play you could be that third year sophomore and everything like that in junior college wise so there's just so many things that have that have played into the mix and believe me with the NCA and everything yep I have my ideas don't want to put them out there yet but you know they they might you might see another granted year coming this year and everything but I mean with everything that's going on right now for the next for the next four to six years recruiting is going to be you're you, to, to find those right niches and especially the more that we go along and programs get cut like division three programs uh, that's the, that's the other thing people don't realize is i mean you know there's there's baseball is is not a huge revenue bring her in unless you're a Mississippi State an LSU uh, San Diego State uh, you know all, all types of Clemson schools like that and you know their programs because the schools aren't bringing in money and the conferences aren't bringing in money programs are getting cut and more so than than you can imagine and uh, you know it's just I mean, I look at, um, you know, like the MAC conference now and everything. I mean, they're they're have they're having you know issues and stuff. So it's going from division division one on down, and it, it just having somebody to take the stress off of you, work with your kid, get that find those right niches and all that. You're going to see so many kids that you thought were high level going D2 and D3 and all that, the next thing uh, in the next couple of years, just because of, of the influx and the changes with everything that's going on. What are the three priorities a player needs to make right now um, to have a major impact on their recruiting? 
or just their career in general? If you want to do this, you want to go to the next level. The first thing that you need to do is what's your GPA? What do you like? What don't you like? You know, what, what do you want to go to school for? If you're not sure, go out and experience, do a job shadow and just kind of figure it out. Once you kind of narrow it down, what's what area of study that you want. And, and I see way too much of general studies, you know, figure out what you want to do, get a general idea. And then now you can narrow down your search for what schools you want to do, figure out if you want to go in state or out of state and how far away you are. Do you need, are you going to get homesick? You know, do you want to go to a school just based on their baseball or their baseball pedigree or what their facilities are? And then I'll just figure out what I want to go to school for. No, figure out what you want to go to school for because there's no guarantee after this. Figure out how far away do you want to live off campus or do you need to be close to home with your family? Do you have medical issues in your family? Is, you know, someone else sick? Do you need to help take care of them? Whatever the case is. Or are you that that solo flyer that you can fly across country and go to school in California? And you're totally fine with it. You know, like there's certain people that have that mentality. So what are you what are you willing to do? Because if you go out there and you get a job, chances are you're never coming back. Right. So you have to look at the the education side. You need to amp your grades up. You need to study more or whatever the case is. Find your your academic area of study. Now narrow down your search. And it, it's in my opinion, it's always better to work with a recruiter because they will help you and they know the game more. Um, they'll be able to help you find that instead of you kind of being that coach that's, that's scouring YouTube for the best drills, you know, like help you narrow down what you need to help and, and have that conversation to take what you're giving them and help them narrow it down to be more precise overall. And as a parent, just help them, you know, help your kids get there, push them to continue to finish and succeed in school and get their grades up and, and help them find the best opportunity overall for what they want to go to school for just in case baseball doesn't work out. You have to have both sides of that. Okay. So first priority was to do your research, have a, have a better idea, get your GPA up. What's your second priority? Second priority is, do you want to go in state or out of state and who has your degree area of study? Okay. And then third priority, third priority after that, go out there and, and find a way how you can make that team or if they have a need for you. So you can narrow down your funnel it down to, to at least, three to five schools. And then now you have options. Okay. Tom, what's your three priorities right now? I really ha have four and they're real easy. Grades, effort, communication, and help. Uh, especially right now, grades are so important and it's, and it's money that, that you, you get without, without the baseball or, or, or a sports program effort something that you can control. I mean, you have to, you know, have effort, effort in your grades, effort in, in, in your, you know, skill set on the field and your, what does effort look like? What's that? What does effort look like? Cause everyone talks about got to have effort. You got to go out there and go get it. What does that, what does that mean? Like, what does it look like? You know, it, and, and, it's it's funny for different kids. Um, there there are kids that give great effort and are just tremendous athletically, and that you know they're they're given great effort, but they make it look so easy. And then there are those dirt dogs and everything else like that. And it's just a mindset of um, you know being in yourself. I mean, I tell all my kids when they go when they go to any camp in any sport. I'm like, you know what? 
in between drills. You're the first one. You're the first one there. You always, you, every coach that you pass, you introduce yourself. Uh, everything. It's it's making the effort to uh, to sit there and uh, be assertive and, and and promote your promote yourself. You want to promote yourself on the field. You always want to give effort. Uh, effort hustle. Uh, the same, the, the same thing, the same thing is that um, some kids have it in their makeup uh, a lot more than others. And, you know, there's there's kids that you don't have to say one thing to. And there's kids that you say it to. I mean, I always talk to my team. I'm like, that, one thing that we can't do is get out efforted. So, I mean, we I build that in every time I talk to them. That's it's doing great. little things. Would you say it's doing little things more than anything? Yeah, absolutely. So being able to pick up the glove of your teammate, going out there, giving them giving them the glove after they just got made an out, or um, being able to be the first guy out of the dugout and literally crossing the line and giving high fives. Um, I, I like the, I like the whole introducing yourself to coaches cause that's outside your comfort zone. It makes you stand out. I, I like all that. And it go it goes back to when we were down there with the 15 U's and all that. Uh, and I can remember all the coaches and, and it's one of my pet peeves infielders. You always stay near each other like that. And you know that, Okay, hey, the second baseman made the last out shortstop. Grab his mitt, you know, take it out to him and everything like that. It just looks so much more better than, you know, than standing there and saying, hey, you know, somebody going to grab his mitt and, and everything like that. What's a conversation that a parent could have with their with their player in the next three months that will have a major impact on their high school career and their college career and, more importantly, um, their life. I would say number number one uh, is finding out if if you know exactly you know what you if you want to go to the next level. Do you not? Um, you know, finding finding out. And right now, if you're young, it's good. You can be undecided. I usually say by the time you hit eleventh grade, should somewhat have a have an inkling of something that you might might want to do in school and all that. The other thing that it, it's crazy, so many people go in undecided, like Timmy Timmy said, they, they enter college and they're undecided. And they're like, we'll figure it out when we get there. And they do general studies. And they kick the can down the road. Yeah, and 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 it's it's so hard like that. I mean, my my kids and I'm I'm like this. Hey, let's have, let's have have a thing in place. Um, you know, by our junior year of what we want to do. But the, the 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 main thing, the main conversation that I think that you can have is just an honest one with your kid and say, I would say, let's go. You know what? This year. Teams are playing. Let's go see a Division One, a Division Two, a Division Three, an NAIA game, and watch these kids play. And then you project yourself in an honest way out there, and everything like that. Because it's so funny, uh, you know, people that do that and then come back to me are like, "Okay, Tom, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, they, they can play." And Tim will tell you that the the PSAC, the Pennsylvania Conference, and the Mountain East 
Conference Division II around here. I mean, they have 10 of the top 25 Division II programs in them um, year in and year out. And like, I'll take, take you down to a University of Charleston Pro Day and stuff. And you're going to see these Division II kids, 92, 93, lighten it up. And scouts are going to be there. And they have kids that, that can all play and everything. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's knowing and being honest, having the effort, making the communication. And number one, I mean, and Tim knows this. I mean, it's helped. Right now, recruiting is so hard and people think that they understand or can get through it and they just can't. There's so much that goes into it, especially now with all the changes that get somebody to sit there and help you. And that when I say get somebody, it's not just get a profile that you can send out. Get somebody um, that's going to sit there and guide you through the process, take you through the process. Exactly. Tim, what's your, what is your conversation that parents should have in the next three months? The first place I would start is, you know, we've, we've seen seasons get lost, right? We've seen the side effects of that. So take a step back, look at yourself on the outside in, enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. How much do you enjoy it? If you enjoy it to X amount of level, okay let's take a look at a few schools that you might be interested in let's go attend one of their camps get some real measurables and get some feedback from an actual coach at the division that you're looking to go play at so now you're you're kind of narrowing things down and you're giving yourself a few doors to open at the same time it depends on the level that you're at if you're a sophomore you know maybe more so if you're a sophomore you know, you go out there and, and narrow down your search. Make sure that you get an idea of what you want to go to school for. And if you're not sure, use some of your summertime off to go experience it. You know, maybe go call a place and do a job shadow as well. Use this summer and use this spring to work on your grades, narrow down your search, join a camp so you can get some measurables and decide what you want to go to school for, you know, and, and have, have a secondary plan. What is your backup plan? If you don't have a backup plan in the next three months, then we can't move forward with this until you do. You know, don't just go gung ho and and run buck wild to I'm going to play Division two baseball, Division one baseball. Now it doesn't happen. Now what? You're living at home. You're working on jobs. You're trying to figure out your life. Five years go by. Now you're depressed and you're upset and you you hate life. Don't go down that path. Right. Enjoy it. Have fun. Find out your level of enjoyment and take the next steps from there. I find general studies very interesting um, because I went into college not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I, I went in and I made a decision. I was like, all right, I'm going to do business. And I niched myself so much that I, it was still general, technically general. It was business, um, but exposed me to a lot of ideas inside the business world. And I was like, man, I really don't like most of this stuff. And I got really intrigued with biology out of sure luck. I got a really good, um, biology teacher really fell in love with it. And I started, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into microbiology. I get down to Missouri state, Missouri state says, Oh, you have to do labs. So yeah, you have 12 hours, but technically you have 24 hours. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to travel, do baseball. And I, I was like, can I skip labs? And they're like, no, you have to be there. So I end up making an audible 
going back to the business route and I chose economics because that I found it fascinating on how the world worked and that's where I ended up going. So I think it's better to niche yourself in a category your freshman year and then really to really take that first semester as like a learning curve and be like, yeah, this is not me. I don't I don't really like this or maybe that is me and I I find it I go even more niche and I go into accounting or I go into marketing or I go into sales, I go into communication. Like there's so many many different routes, but I think if you do general studies, it's so general that you're not going to be able to niche yourself into, I really like this topic or I really enjoy this teacher and I really am fascinated by um, how they're able to explain a certain topic and I want to be able to do the same, same exact thing. So I think that's a very good point, Tim, on general studies. So um, guys, I, one, can I add yes. one thing? Yeah. yeah. One other thing that I think is very, very important and which has gotten away as we're in this COVID, I would say prioritize. So many kids, you know, they, they and during the summer, they're, they're, they get their schedule and everything like that. And, you know, and I've had this conversation with, with, with my kids. If you get invited to a camp from a coach and they want, you know, hey, we'd like you to come be part of this prospect camp, uh, you know, kids are going to work out in front of our coaches and everything. And they're like, well, you know, I have a game that weekend. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the priority. I mean, guess what? It's uh, Rawlings Tigers is going to give you a, a showcase and all that. But, you know, you do have to do the 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 things necessary and if you're looking to go play and and you get that opportunity i mean me as a coach hey good we got somebody else that'll fill in for you you go take care and, and kill and kill that camp and uh, you know these kids uh, a lot of kids these days will sit there and say coach you know are you gonna have something else because you know i'm busy i'm playing i'm playing that weekend or something and you're you're you blow them off guess what and then it's like well he never got back to me with another camp well yeah you, you blew him off when when he was you know had his people there and everything else that he was going to do it and i think really it has hurt a lot of kids um, because, you know, the camps haven't been going on through the COVID stuff. And, and you know, a year, a year passes by and you haven't and you haven't been there. So prioritize yourself. If you're thinking and you and you have that opportunity to go to the next level, take advantage of the opportunities. I mean, you know what? When you come back, guess what? I'm, we're still gonna love you, and you're still gonna play. I mean, that's how I think coaches should be. But I also will be like, uh, I know that there's coaches that say, "Oh man, come on, now you, you know you're gonna you're gonna blow us off to sit there and, and go, you know, set try to set yourself up for the next level in life." So I mean, prioritize yourself. I don't think that's being selfish. I think that's being smart. Guys, I really appreciate this conversation. Um, it, it was awesome to really um, get your thoughts on recruiting, get your opinions, um, your expert opinion and, and advice. Um, one, one mission statement that I had for doing podcasting and starting the Tiger interview series was to share information um, and 
stuff that's not being said on the internet or um, information that's being held in um, because you have to know the right people. I think this was a very valuable conversation for everyone involved. Um, so thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. Um, guys, if you want to subscribe to this channel, we have a podcasting channel for the Tiger Tiger interview series. That's where we will host the audio version of this um, recording. And we'll also be posting this on YouTube. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rawlings Tigers. And um, if anyone wants to get in contact with Tom or Tim, um, what 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 are what's the best route for them to contact you? Um, they can either text me so that way I know what they're, you know, text me to make sure I'm available or just email me. Either one, because I will get back to them regardless. And I love questions. I love answering questions. And if it's something that I'm not quite sure on, I'll pass you off to the, to the person that you should be talking to. Tom, how can they reach out to you? Yeah. Um, through my email, I can supply uh, Spiker with my email and my phone, phone number. And, you know, you contact me and I can send you tons of information about uh, my company and, and also what I do. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.